0: um i know you probably get this a lot any regrets from your past as far as your career things that you wish you would have done i
1: can't have regrets i I, you know i think that's for children
0: yeah you
1: know i really do i mean i i've made mistakes i think if you lived a life and didn't make any mistakes you haven't lived right i think you learn through wisdom you achieve wisdom through and that isn't uh, a rose-colored garden of of opportunity sometimes you fall off the cliff you get betrayed Especially when you're famous. Hi, this is John Wet with my good friend Shen Christopher Neal on Giant FM. He's bald, he's sexy, and he's a drummer. This is the Industry Forty Five
0: Podcast Show with SCN. Loving it. Love the California look. Look, you great. Look at you. I don't know. I mean, uh, where are you? Uh, I'm near Niagara Falls. I'm in Canada.
1: Oh it's, nice. it's, gonna, it's gonna snow here soon. That's great. I love the <laughs> snow. I, 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 you know, I, I'd change places with you. I really would. You know, it's interesting because I
0: know you're in what, Santa Monica, but, but you like, you're like a New York guy.
1: Yeah, right? I am. Right? Yeah. Like you spent a lot of time in New York. So how come uh, you're in California now? Well, uh, there was a point there um, where I was kind of burning the candle both ends. And it was like the city was just a magnet. You know, you go home at night and think, well, You know, I'll go out for dinner, and the next thing you know, it's three in the morning, and you know, it's just it's it's a never-ending party, really. So I thought um, I had a new record coming out. I thought I'd move to California for a year, and um, I ended up staying like two, and then I released another record, and a big check came in, and I thought, well, I was I actually put everything I had in the world into the back of my jeep and parked it in a garage and went on the road without an address i went with uh, peter frampton and journey and uh i'd seen a condo that i'm sitting in now and it came up for sale and i just bought it and then years later i'm wondering what i'm doing here <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: funny. Cause, cause with New York, I've been to New York, I don't know, 12, 15 times, which to me is a lot. And I love New York city. I like the vibe of it. I like the jazz clubs. I'm a drummer. I grew up as a jazz drummer with my dad and, and, you know, so just that whole, the music part of it, California yeah. I've been to like two or three times. I don't know that I fell in love with California. I mean, I'm, I'm an 80, like I love the 80s. So the sunset strip and I hosted some events at the whiskey and good times, but I don't know, like New York's got something special, man.
1: Oh, it, it's, uh, you know, just the architecture. You know, I used to live on the uh, Upper East Side on Madison Avenue for the last time I was living there. And, um, you know, when the snow came and the, the rain or the winter, the se- the change of seasons, the spring, Central Park, the kids' zoo, the plaza, and, you know, the restaurants, Then you go downtown and all the art galleries and the clubs and the, you know, Lucky Strike, all that stuff, the East Village. Yeah. I mean, it was my town. I just, I understood it and I, I fit in and I felt very much at home there. But, you know, I'm still looking at moving back.
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: I'm, torn, I'm torn between, you know, the market's pretty good right now. It looks like the Wild West on TV, but, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, there's some really crazy stuff going on. But, uh, it, uh, but I kind of like that kind of thing because I remember, in, I was just thinking this morning. I was lucky enough to see in the 70s when the babies first came to America. We stayed at the Westbury Hotel on Madison Avenue. And that's, and I just watched The French Connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all going down in the Westbury. And it, and it you know, you, a lot of it's filmed in there. Right. But yeah. That's only a couple of years after, uh, it's a couple of years before we got there. But, you know, watching Madison Avenue in the 70s, you know, it's just, Wow. What a great city really, you know?
0: Absolutely. And so let's talk, you were talking about new music and we're, we're going to get to that, obviously, and a bit about your past. And I won't keep you long, I do promise you. Uh, Wooden Heart, 23 acoustic uh, songs on the album. So let's, I want, here's my first question. When you were back in the heyday, we'll call it, of the 80s and, and hmm. such, and the 90s, did you think in 2021 you'd still be releasing new music? No.
1: But then again, what's the alternative? I mean, um, I... Yeah, you know, when you're when you're 17 and, and like when I was living in London, trying to get signed and playing in bands and all that stuff, you know, you never think you're going to be making music past if you're lucky 25. Right. In a perfect world, you might go home, actually put together enough money to buy a little house somewhere in the country, get married, have a dog and all that, and then join a local band and make enough money maybe to pay all the bills and, and you know, buy the kids toys you know you just after that it's just like it's life but um i was very serious about it and even when i was seemed to be uh knocked down i just got up and looked for the guitar i mean it wasn't like it was a career right and there's a difference there and um i was prepared to to be on the sidelines for for a couple of years and just make music and play around New York City or, you know, play in the clubs with the people that that I played with in the studio. And I was a musician, songwriter. So everything, you know, that goes around, comes around. And I think if you, if it's genuine, you have to believe that somebody's going to see that as genuine and, and pick up on it. And you have an audience, you know?
0: Let me ask you this: What, um, what are for you? What are some of the defining moments in your career? Because as a fan of John Wayne, or as a but fan, a fan of, of of all your music, you know, like you see the hits, right? You hear the hits, and that kind of says, "Hey, this guy's successful because he's got a couple of number one songs." Um, you know, your solo career—you had a great solo career, of course, starting with the Babies—that's that, monumental. So, but your perception of what the defining moments in your life are might be different than what I see. So to you, what are those defining moments that make John Waite who he
1: is? Do you know, I don't want to sound glib or like offhand, but all of it. Fair enough. I'm, I'm just yeah. all of it. being a kid, uh, getting a plastic ukulele for Christmas. You know, watching the the seasons change outside the cottage when I was a kid and hearing music that I loved and the sunshine in a cornfield plugging in my first guitar, sex, you know, listening to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I mean, just an incredible, everything before I even got signed, my life has just been a, like a picture book of events that are, that, that are with me all the time. And I, I don't mean to sound like a uh, poetic or like, yeah, not answer your question, but just absolutely all of it, every single moment of it, has just been an amazing experience. And I've been very blessed. I think, I think honestly, it's like you're the, I've been wide awake all of my life and I've had a sense of wonder all of my life. I never really took anything for granted. And I still get the biggest kick in the world, walking out in front of a crowd and bringing the house down. And, um, I'm, I'm a really kind of lucky guy because I've been able to plot my own course, really. I couldn't do anything else but be me, right. which might have been a drawback of points because <laughs> it might be something else. And it with me, it was like, eh, no, can do. And I wasn't being difficult. I just can't be anybody but myself. And I can't sound as a singer any other way. And I can't write songs any other way. Right. And, uh, and maybe that makes me bulletproof. Maybe that makes me a walking target. You know?
0: you know, one thing. I mean, I was a big Bad English fan. First of all, I'm a drummer, and Dean Castrova. There's nobody oh, yeah. who yeah. fucking drums, sings like him, and Love Journey and all that. But, but, well, for you, Bad English seemed like you were this folk country rock guy, singer songwriter, and here we were in the late '80s, uh, MTV taking over everything, um, yeah. and and you kind of were joining this. I don't want to say a band of rock stars. Well, it was and you were one yourself, but tell me about those moments in your life because it just seemed like it was different for you, was it not, con- compared yeah, to your solo I, career? I mean,
1: it's not necessarily my, my cup of tea to be Arena Rock, but I, but I, that doesn't mean you shouldn't play to a, a large audience. But I don't think um, being part of a machine that's there to make money and uh, produce something again and again and again, just just a variant of the same thing. I can't do that. I'm not interested really, but I, it was good for like two albums. And I think I thought if you go back to like ghost in your heart, forget me, not time stood still, even best of what I got. The lyrics are kind of really out, you know, the stories and the symbolism and it's, and it's darker, you know? And I thought that would be turning out, the key in the lock. I thought that would be something that was like, really, you know, I was going to like give people something to chew on and it did work.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. But,
1: uh, but the other guys I think wanted to do something of maybe even a bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. My instincts aren't to do that. I mean, like you said about folk and country and blues and flat out rock, mm-hmm. but the rock, would be from the stones it would be from a british sensibility right, so sure. this american sort of big moving machine that's like all-encompassing i i as an artist i i can't live inside that and create something that i'm proud of
0: so would you say that that you don't really sit there thinking i'm gonna write a hit like when you wrote
1: no. you like were you like
0: no you just you wrote the song from here yeah. and and delivered it and that's what it became but you didn't sit there because there's a lot of artists as you know there's a formula right the hit it goes like this then we do this and it'll all come together the label will love it it'll go to mtv we'll make money so i just want to get your perspective of that because you know yeah, totally
1: are a singer songwriter. even if even if you look go out your way to make sure you've got a hit which we certainly did um what happens next is what happened next it's like Eight months later, you you come on from the road and you're beat and you're you're like just like, what was that? You've been on a world tour, you've you've been sleeping on the bus in plans, in hotel rooms, in motel rooms. Rough being away from the ones you love. And then the phone rings and it's like, we need another. <laughs> you know, and then you go yeah, back, absolutely. Then you put together another piece of shit to sort yeah. of like, you know, make more money for everybody. Yeah. And then then the reason for actually going in the studio is to make money. I mean, look, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I think that, I mean, money's important, but I think as an artist, the most important thing is to write what's in your heart and to do what is right for you. I don't know.
1: Am I wrong? Well, uh, it seems like there's a, a machine out there that's like, has a an audience that's like, let's do this right. again and again, and then we'll sell them a t-shirt, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to go, then we're going to go and, play golf with a record company. Right. I mean, really. So, I mean, at some point, if you can write a song or, or, like, if I could name, like, five songs that I've written, you know, like, Missing You, Downtown, Masterpiece of Loneliness, Time Stood Still, mm-hmm. you know, they aren't sort of regular songs. They aren't, like, songs that you would think were going to be popular. Right. And they were. But, yeah, but there's a there's a whole different mindset, Right to uh to writing that stuff
0: well this is interesting because um i like the big machine as a fan i listened to that through the 80s and 90s and i get it but this album that's come out seems and it's acoustic yeah so talk to me a little bit about why other than i mean i like acoustic music the textures the the energy that you give you get to yeah. see that and feel the dynamic was it acoustic because of that? Or was it because we were going through a COVID time where you're like,
1: I'm going to do something because oh, no, no.
0: I could play. Good. So give no, me the no. genesis as to why that happened.
1: Well, I, I put the first one out six years ago mm-hmm. Then I put the second one out four years ago. Right. And then the third and one And was- I included volume one and two with a right. new, with a new CD. So I put them all out as a triple CD set. Right. Um, at a, at a reasonable price. It's like $20 or something, three CDs. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved acoustic music, and I, I think in the '90s everybody made acoustic records, and it was kind of like, "Oh man, come on! I really want to do that, but you can't really join in at that everybody's doing it," you know. So these days, it's kind of unusual. And um, my first instinct, my first instinct musically, is acoustic guitar or bass. I love. You bass. played bass in the Babies at the beginning. Yeah. you're not. That's right. Okay. So. I mean, stuff like Fairport Convention, Rich Thompson, Bob Dylan, the Clancy Brothers, the Dubliners. I mean, uh, uh, just uh, that stuff's heavy stuff. Hank Williams. You know, it's it's really intense to me. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever it is that's my creative force comes from that. And it was just the right time. I went in the studio to make an electric record, and I couldn't make any sense of it. I spent a lot of money over two weeks mm-hmm. and had nothing. I just knew it wasn't working. And and so without leaving the studio empty handed, you know, with a mouth full of feathers, I uh, said, let's just make another acoustic record. And we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it happens fast. It, it only took like three days.
0: So and Not um, not Dark Yet is the latest release, correct? And. Right. Yeah. Bob Dylan wrote it or co-wrote it? And tell me that story a little bit.
1: Oh, well, no, it, it was on, um, I think it was Love and Theft. It came out like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's an astounding piece of writing. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. I mean, I think um, Lenoir, uh, I don't know. Is it Daniel Lenoir? Yeah,
0: Daniel. That's right.
1: Yeah, he produced it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's got loops behind it. And Dylan's like... Shadows are falling you know it's it's a song about the end of his life or time and um it's not dark yet but it's getting there you know it's just a, it's it's a statement record and um i'm only really interested in doing stuff that's that's going to be like climbing up i'm not really interested in doing anything i've done before
0: right
1: i really am not you know, I mean, if you like what I've done in the past, you can go and listen to it. It's great. Right? Yeah. I'm still wrestling where I'm going to take it. You know. Right. And um, but not dark yet was uh, if I could pick a song, which I did, there was going to be a challenge. It was that one. And uh, you know, I I thought I brought something to it, but you'd have you'd have to ask Bob. I'll call him when we're done. How's that? I'll see I'll see what yeah. he says. <laughs> yeah, hello to me. Yeah.
0: So so then w- with this out there, what's next for you? Like what what's your plans for 2022 as well? Well, I'm up? going
1: out I will leave tomorrow for the road. We have uh three dates with my old friend Neil Geraldo, uh Pat Benesa. We're going out with them yep. for 3 days in Florida, then we go to uh Texas for a while, three or four days. So we come home for a few days and go out again. I haven't looked where we're going, but um, we're really seriously on the road. And I was in the studio yesterday. I'm in the middle of a new record.
0: Right. Which you do have electric guitars on, I heard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The whole thing, you know, the whole thing's electric. Um, But uh, again, you know, you're just like, it's like being in a big dark room with a flashlight. You're looking for something that uh, people don't expect, that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I could have taken a different path and been mainstream and, you know, be a household name, but I've had a great life and I'm doing something that I really love. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of look at myself in the mirror when I'm shaving and I I can live with it, you know. Oh, you also have a couple of number one hits, too. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, and I... Yeah, I don't think if I came out uh, this year as a new artist or last year, in the last 10 years, if I didn't have hits, we wouldn't be sat here. I mean, I've I've survived some incredible stuff and I've been successful on a level that you wouldn't believe. But that's life, you know. But I mean, without those hits to back me up, I would be probably working at the post office you know? well you could
0: be an artist because you you do yeah. artwork congratulations yeah. I saw that that looks amazing
1: yeah um, and and you have a
0: documentary coming out about you in your life do you not
1: yeah uh there's uh somebody had the idea to come and film my life and a camera crew showed up a couple of cameras makeup girl you know lights action that will beat mill you know uh, and uh it was it was uh it was interesting. I, I uh, it was, it was mid pandemic too. So I was kind of like, uh, wow, you know, to not being on the road, mm-hmm. to not being in crowds of people, to have a spotlight put on you, like in the back of a police station and then two cameras with the whole direction, the producer and everything. I mean, it's kind of strange, but uh, yeah, it took about, three months of filming and editing and people being interviewed and they're going to the film festivals with it. And, um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of it. So, really? So uh, you don't know
0: any, you only kind of get the bits and pieces, but you've not seen the documentary or any, nothing.
1: No. Well, I, the, the director showed me a couple of clips that people had, where they been asked to talk about me. And I, I sat through about a minute of that and I just, you know, I, it's, uh, how would you feel? I mean, well, I sort of, yeah. you know. I said, "Yeah," I said, "Yeah." Come on in, you know. And suddenly, my girlfriend sat there going, "Yeah, he's a real <laughs> bastard." You know, it's like it's just great stuff. But uh, I was trying to uh, tell the truth about everything, you know, and not be some glossy Hollywood dick, you know. I was when to- are you when are you going to see it? Do you know, I don't know. I uh, I I kind of told myself I won't see it. I mean, I lived it anyway. Right. You know, what am I looking for? Did we get, <laughs> did we get my right side? You know I mean? I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It's a very weird thing.
0: Well, you've had a great career. Um, I've heard parts of this, this new album and such. And that, I just, I love the vibe of it for sure. I've got a few questions that came from our website or our social media at China Family. Yeah, Yeah. Um, you don't have to take long to answer them. But here's what I got. Yeah. Uh, do you still talk to Jonathan Kane? No. Would you? No, the answer is no. <laughs> Not at all. No. Uh, so it says, would you consider singing again with the babies? That's what it said. No, no, no. No interest. No. Um, top three favorite songs you have written. Don't have to be hits. Could
1: be anything. Uh, downtown, uh, Masterpiece of Loneliness, Missing You. Uh, this is interesting. Do you like playing guitar and singing or just singing? Uh, I think we both, very, like, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, some songs you, you absolutely have to play the guitar to sing them. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And other songs you need to be uh, focused entirely on the vocal. Uh, a song like we do actually all along the Watchtower.
0: Uh, oh, that's a great watchtower. song. <laughs> yeah. We've played that many
1: times, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great one. It's yeah. three chords. Yeah. and uh, But if you're not playing the guitar, the, uh, the drummer doesn't know where you, we're putting the downbeats and stuff. Yeah. And if you just stand there and sing it, it, it doesn't happen. Some songs are just meant to be played and sung. And yet a song like Tears, the damage they do, followed Miss yeah. you. Um, you. Whoa. That takes some, you have to really be a singer. And you the guitar, you, it's a different animal. Right. You, need all, you need all your wind and all your focus and you need to know, ex- you need to listen to, to the other guitar, not, not the one you're playing. So it's, it's, it's definitely a difference.
0: Wow, that's, that's a great answer. Um, I know you probably get this a lot. Any regrets from your past as far as your career, things that you wish you would have done? You know, I, I can't
1: different? have regrets. I, yeah. I, you know, I think that's for children. Yeah. You know, I really do. I mean, I, I've made mistakes. I think if you lived a life and didn't make any mistakes, you haven't lived. Right. I think you learn through wisdom. You Absolutely. achieve wisdom through, and that isn't uh, a rose colored garden of, of opportunity. Sometimes you fall off the cliff, so you get betrayed, especially when you're famous. Right. If, Absolutely. If you trust yeah. anybody. It's like, and then you find people that you love that love you back. And it's like, ah, at last, you know, the yeah. truth. And um, that transfers to music too. When you walk into a place where you're creative and you trust it and it gives you something back, after all the experiences you have had, you don't need to throw a bucket of paint over it and sugar. It's the simplest way you can say it. And it's worth something then. It has some sort of integrity and nobility to it. And it's the best of us as humans. If you have to paste it over with echo and synthesizers and, you know, then what are you really listening to, you know? So, I, And having said that uh, I'm the biggest fan in, in the world of Jimi Hendrix, but Jimi Hendrix made all those sounds basically out of a Marshall stack and two foot pedals. He died at 27, but I could listen to a Hendrix album top to bottom and still hear things that I just go, how the hell did he do that? Right. You know, it's that good. And there's a difference between that and some guy playing the guitar a 1,000 miles an hour with every foot pedal in the world attached to it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. One's art, and one's a craft.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My biggest regret is that I never got to play drums with John
1: Waite. That's very nice of you.
0: Because you have so many great songs. And speaking of that, I have a band rehearsal tonight, and on the list is Tears, and our singer does oh. not have guitar, so we're not going to worry about it. It's a female singer. She's amazing. And I said, we're jamming this song tonight because I'm talking to John today. So That's really great. It's <laughs>
1: really,
0: isn't it funny that we talked about it, though? Is that, well, when you brought it up, I smiled because I, I thought, there yeah. you go. It's probably... I love this song. One of my favorite songs that you have. Yeah, and, it's and, it's uh, really yeah. good,
1: and you know, it's got this line in the song of all the girls have had up my knees, you're the only one that could bring me to these tears. Yeah, and every time is. I'm on stage singing it, I have to stop <laughs> myself laughing. You know, <laughs> such a great lyric. But uh, but listen, if we get to um, if we get to your neck of the woods and we're playing yeah. live, come yes. and sit in. We'll Absolutely, play te- we'll play tears. This is the Industry Forty Five Podcast Show with Shane Christopher
0: Neal.